Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Played nine games with the Bucks. And if the Eagles needed a guy for a few, he'd go back. (laughs) But a decade in the NFL, two Super Bowls, love him every year when he comes on. Uh, Four years with the Patriots, Titans. You had really good coaches, by the way. Vrabels, Belichick, smart guys. Uh, Logan Ryan is joining us, a two-time Super Bowl champ. So there's a lot. First of all, there's a lot I want to dive into. I I do want to go back to the Patriot years because we were talking during the break is that in college football, the margins in most games, if you're at a Georgia, Bama, Oklahoma, yeah. are greater. In the NFL, you know, Belichick introduces a left-footed punter. He wants different spin. And, and, and you, we were talking about during the break, I said, you know, Logan, you've always been a think, you think the game, you just don't play it. Not every pro athlete does that. And you were, you were uh, talking about the kind of discussions that Belichick would have. Give me the first one I thought was fascinating. Yeah, I think the first one would be that we discussed is talking about the referees and knowing who the umpire is, knowing who the referees is, knowing what penalties they call the most. And if they're a, if they're a crew that doesn't major in defensive pass interference, doesn't major in defensive holding, we're going to try to do that a little bit more. I remember wearing gloves, the color of the unif- of the opponent's jersey, yep. wearing white gloves if they're wearing white on the road so we can get away with white gloves. They can't see the holding as much. And just kind of playing – the game, right? What, what, what does the umpire look to call? And we're, we're not going to do that. If they're, if they're going to call a lot of holding, then Belichick might put boxing gloves on our hands during the week so we can't hold at all in practice. <laughs> so you're going to cover with your feet. So he just did some things I've never saw or never did before in my NFL career that I thought was really interesting. And obviously I see why, because you try to have every advantage you can in the game that's legal. Think about the uh, Super Bowl against Atlanta. Right. So we're going against Atlanta in the Super Bowl, and this is when Julio Jones has like 250 yards against Green Bay in the NFC Championship and just the best player on the planet at this time in his career. Shout out to my boy Julio. And I remember he had 
a bad ankle or a bad foot yeah. going into that season or during that season, and he was managing his practices and his practice. So they were saying he's not practicing that many days because of his foot. So we went into the game plan in Atlanta shadowing him to his good foot, meaning that he can only make breaks off his right foot. So when he's on this side of the formation, we'll, we'll cover these routes, not thinking that he can break off his other foot as efficiently. So we honestly played leverage versus a guy based off his injured ankle. He proved us wrong. He made four spectacular catches that game. If you go back and look at that Super Bowl, but he was only targeted four times, and that was the least amount of targets he had all season, and maybe he should have threw the ball to him more, knowing what, what they know, but I think it ended up us getting a Super Bowl victory. You were teammates with Brady last season. You also, in his last New England game, picked six against him. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not a ton of a, a, a sample, but um, last year when you were with him, did you get a sense during it? Could you kind of sense, because you're a veteran player, a thoughtful yeah. player, this feels like it. I felt that the way that the team was constructed of them winning a Super Bowl a few years earlier and running it all back roster-wise, that Tampa was only built for so long in terms of the amount of veterans, the amount of money being spent, um, the amount of weapons on that side of the ball for Brady. So there was some finality in the season. But I think just knowing how he was interacting with his family, his kids, in terms of really wanting to uh, spend time with his kids and be there with his kids, that was a little different uh, because his kids were older. And I think, you know, the stuff that was going on off the field and on the field, I think was weighing on him a little bit, as obviously we're all humans. So I can knew that there was going to be some type of break after the season. Now, whether that be return or not, he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell me. No one could tell you that. you got to ask that man himself. But you know there was some finality to the end of that season. Was that the last time we saw Brady in a Bucks jersey? Was the last time we saw Tom Brady play football in general? And I think it's yeah. going to be the last time we see him play football. So hard knocks with the Jets appears inevitable. Um, years ago, I thought HBO was really important. This is not a shot at HBO. But to, to get behind-the-scenes stuff, 10 years ago, HBO was valuable. Now it's IG, it's Snap, it's Twitter. Yeah. I, I just, I, if I want to know about you, I can go to all your stuff. Um, I think it's a bit, um, I, I've said, if, you're, if your relationship's rocky, it'll get in a divorce attorney. It won't turn a good marriage to a bad one. But New York's got an impulsive owner, coach on the hot seat, prickly old quarterback, intense <laughs> media market, brutal early schedule, bunch of new stuff. I don't love hard knocks on this. Your takeaway, I, did, I just feels like, okay, can you pick the Bears? Do you right. have to go after Aaron? Aaron's going to be have enough vultures circling him anywhere. Anyway. I think people want to see Aaron Rodgers behind the scenes. I think they want to see, you know, I think it's one of the most intriguing stories of the offseason, 100% Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. So I think people want to see more of that. Now, what Hard Knocks can show or what they're okay being, yeah. are they going to have a camera in the quarterback room? Are we going to see all these discussions, how he interacts with Nathaniel Hackett and and even Nathaniel Hackett's story of bouncing back and, and what type of coach is he. So I think that, you know, are they able to show what they want to show? Because back in the day, they used to show guys getting cut, and people remember Devontae Davis, oh, yeah. you know, stuff. And that was some real-life stuff going on. They dramatized it and made it almost like for, for viewers to see, like almost story time. So I don't know if they're allowed to show that stuff anymore. So we'll see what they're allowed to show. But I think it would be pretty intriguing. Uh, you also uh, did you you picked off Rodgers last year, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yep. week three. Yeah. Oh, so so you're you're the last guy to pick off Brady <laughs> as a Patriot, and then it was uh, Rodgers week three. T take our audience into this. Um, oh, do we have a picture of it? Hold on, let's see. There we go, baby. Look at that. <laughs> um, was playing Aaron different than Tom? What were the differences as a DB? I would say the differences with the DB is that. 
the extended plays that so Tom what what he'll do is situationally he'll extend plays but he's not as athletic as Aaron right right so he'll, he's really good in the pocket he's getting that thing out really quickly efficiently knowing the weaknesses of the defense picking on the worst DB on the field a lot like Peyton Manning would play right I think Tom's find better. the weak spot right find Tom. the weak spot get it out Tom's better at that if you reverse engineer that I have a good idea where the ball is going based on us knowing our weak spot of the defense so I have a good feel. Aaron Rodgers goes rogue a little bit more. He, he'll double back three times, throw the ball 70 yards over your head. <laughs> and a lot of the Green Bay system was very simple, but then they'll double move everything. So Devontae Adams will run slant, 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 and then a sluggo. Or it'll be third and three, and he'll take a 60-yard go ball in third and three. You're thinking it's going to be a five-yard hitch. So Aaron was able to kind of go off uh, – off package a little bit a little more, almost like Ben Roethlisberger and extend plays. And then those receivers will just run fire drill routes, which is backyard football. And there'll be a little bit more backyard football playing Aaron than it is playing Tom. A lot of young quarterbacks in this league now, some really special ones. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Herbert, Burrow, um, Jalen Hurts has emerged, Mahomes. Of all the young ones you've sampled, um, what do you see out there? Is there some like Jalen Hurts to me? I've said it before. I never saw him being this dominant. Yeah, I didn't think he was a great thrower in college. Uh, hard worker, kind of an aspirational personality. Um, I think he got a really good O line, which certainly helped him to grow. Um, g- g- give me a rundown on a couple of them you faced and your thoughts. Well, I think Jalen Hurts, like you said, I don't think any of us thought. He would have the career he's had thus far. I don't think any of us thought he was a great thrower coming out. Um, but he's a winner at every level. And winning winning is a trait. Winning matters. He inspires the men around him. Um, he won in college. Obviously, you saw the national championship game. Goes Oklahoma. What does he do? Win a Heisman. Goes, sits the bench behind Carson Wentz. Wins that job. And then wins over the Philly fan base. And right. it's hard to win over Philly. Yeah. And he's done that. Great offensive line. But Carson Wentz had a great offensive line, too. And I, I think that he's... He does what they're asking him to do, and he gets the best out of his receivers. He's getting A.J. and Devontae to play at a really high level. I like Joe Burrow, man. Joe Burrow has this Brady-esque feel about him yep. where he has just ultimate quiet confidence and poise. You know, you don't know. It's kind of like everyone's going to show you how hard they're working, but Joe Burrow doesn't show you how hard he's working. You know he's in the facility, but you don't know how many hours because he doesn't tell you. He's truly working behind the scenes because he has that true confidence about him. Inner confidence. Right. He's not doing it for likes and followers and then pat mahomes just has that innate ability obviously to win and he's that he's that new age aaron Rodgers, and where he's just but he's winning at a high high level and him and andy reeds i mean are just a great combination of play calling and quarterbacking and thinking the same um one of the things that's interesting that you noted during the break is the eagles cowboys and giants washington last year had e- a little easier schedules the, the Eagles' schedule this year is a gauntlet. The Giants may be the hardest in the league. Yeah. Travel. Um, so um, you think per- perhaps is that division, although Philly's still loaded, um, pulls back a little? What do yeah. you make of the Giants, for instance? Yeah, I think the Giants got to figure out their Saquon situation because he is 100% the best player on that team and needed on that team to, to have success. I, I just don't think they work without Saquon, without that threat in the backfield and even as a receiver and the loaded boxes that they see and the play action passer with Daniel Jones is a great play action passer. It's because of the attention that Saquon draws. So it's like the Tennessee Titans not having Derrick Henry doesn't work the same for Tannehill in the, in the group. 
So I, I could see that. I think the, the schedule is they're going to have a harder schedule this year. Obviously, they were better last year. They'll face tougher opponents, bigger primetime games. So it'll be, uh, it'll, be, it'll be tougher on that division as a whole. I think Dallas is good. Dallas, I think, um, hasn't gotten worse, right? I think the Eagles haven't gotten any worse. And the Giants are trying to load up as well. So that's three teams. And in Washington, I think they drafted well. So we'll see what their quarterback situation looks like. But I can see, even when your division is better, that then you're beating up on each other. So I can see that, div- that division as a whole going through it a little bit. We talk about the NBA draft where kids come into the league at 18, 19, 20. A lot of them are just overwhelmed. None of them are emotionally and physically combined ready to play. European guys are a bit more mature because they play against men. But even even Wemby, it's a lot. You go to a new country, you're the star. Mm -hmm. NFL guys come out with three or four years of college. So you generally get somebody, at least emotionally, a a little more stable. Often guys come in married, you know, like like relationship-wise. How long, in the NBA, um, because they come in so early, it's harder to draft, I think. In the NFL, I got three, four years of tape. Like, I can see what you can do and what you can't do. Yet, half the league is undrafted. (laughs) How long for you in your NFL career? And maybe you can give me good examples. Before, how many practices where you looked at a rookie and went, wow, or, oh, that that, that ain't going to work in this league? Yeah. I mean, I knew, I remember A.J. Brown as a guy. I remember A.J. Brown coming in, and he was already built, right? And I just remember how he caught the ball with his hands. And I was like, he's the best catcher on our team day one, like of physically catching the ball. Just, just, you know how A.J. Brown catches the ball. He snags the ball. He doesn't body catch the ball ever. You see him snag the ball. He tracks the ball over his shoulder. He was doing that day one. And I remember we were on him a lot. We had a veteran secondary, me, Kevin Byard, Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson there in Tennessee. And we would, we would you know, come at him and practice and stuff because he, he knew he was good type thing. So we were kind of on him a lot. But he already had that in him. And it was like, all right, just a matter of time for this guy. Like he walked in, was walk-in ready. Other guys, I think the NFL season, there's, every individual player is, is faced with so much adversity individually or as a team training camp you might roll your ankle day two now you're out there with a sprained ankle for two weeks of training camp you're hitting the preseason games and then you go you know right into the regular season it's a double college schedule what you're used to so guys break down and how they handle that is truly midway through their rookie year how they kind of handle that last half of the season like this guy's going to be special because the routine stays the same they're still going to the lifts they're still lifting weight they're not skipping everything they're not in the training room 90 percent of the time so how they handle those little nicks and bruises is really going to see what type of pro they are because you need a, every professional athlete needs to have that structure and that discipline yes. of a routine. So if they can maintain their routine, I know they'll be pretty successful. So, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier, is that um, it's, it's 55 men in your locker room scout team, even the coaches. There's a lot of alpha. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I want my <laughs> players to be confident. Right. Not delusional, but if you're close, I'm okay with it, especially corner. Oh yeah, I, you got to be a short memory, bro. You're gonna get burned. Like wide receiver, you got to believe you can beat your guy. So there are positions, receiver, corner. Like I, I'm almost, I'm okay with a little delusion. But we we talked about the Stephon Diggs drama in Buffalo. So I went back and I looked at Des Bryant, who I thought was a bit disruptive. I didn't count OBJ. I don't think he's disruptive. I thought he was great in Cleveland, great with the Rams, great in college, fine with New York early. New York gobbled him up for a few hours. It's okay. But I looked at Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, and Stephon. Kind of disruptive. In all cases, four total seasons, three guys. They were easily the most targeted receiver. Like, not close. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Brown had like 330 targets. And yet, 
all three receivers like, you're not getting me the ball. In all your year, and my takeaway is I've worked with people. You feed, you feed, you feed. Low and they're just not happy. And I, and I look at Stefan and I'm like, bro, Minnesota Buffalo, you're getting a lot of looks. It, it, all your years, a decade in the league, are there players that are just really hard to coach? And, and I don't know if it's high maintenance, but you tell me. Is, if every locker room you've been in, have there been a couple of guys that sometimes you just roll your eyes and go, <laughs> this, is, this guy's hard? Yeah. I think there has. I mean, I've been, like you said, these, you know, playing for Belichick and some of these, you know, Rabels, very similar. They kind of rid that, you know, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of police that as a head coach, because if you don't police it, you police it as a player, right? But if your head coach isn't doing anything about it, now there's, now there's separation of classes because like he's getting coached differently than the rest of us. So I haven't seen too much of that, but I do know that to be a number one, to be a number one corner, a number one left tackle, a number one uh, receiver, there is some delusion. You need to feel like you're that guy and you're him, right? That's the way everyone says nowadays. I'm him. I'm him. But you also got to know your role on the team, and you have to be a good teammate first. Because at the end of the day, to win a Super Bowl, to win a championship, it's filled of great teammates. And I think, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, right, I don't know if they had a number one. Travis Kelsey's a number one. Yeah. But I think he celebrates – watch how he celebrates when other people score. You know, I think he's happy for other people's success. So, Stephon Days can want the ball as much as he wants. But is he happy when other guys get the ball? I think he is. I, I think some of it could be overplayed. I don't know the, the actual details. I'm not going to speak on the details of the nuance of the drama. But as long as it's understood, that's him and he's going to be him. And um, Josh Allen's okay with that and they can handle it internally. Then let them handle it internally because it is, it is a long season. There will, there will be some bumps and scuffles and butting heads of brothers, of teammates. And I think as long as they all want the common goal of winning, then that's all that matters. That needs to be the common goal. If it's about individual success and not... If it's about targets and receptions, not about winning, then you know there's a problem. But if you're frustrated from losing, um, then you got to be productive and how you change that. Do you have a teammate in your ten years that you were closest to? Like maybe it was just a great teammate, a good friend, but you know, it's like I was reading a story about actors recently, and an actor said, uh, you know, you're acting in a movie. It could be a love interest or a best friend, and you're really into the character, and you're on a set for nine months, right. and then the movie ends, and you're like. And we're not really friends. And, and the <laughs> actor said, it screwed with my head for years. I'm like, we were so close. And in, it's sort of the same way in sports. You get traded. You get oh, moved. Yeah. Do you have a teammate today that is a brother for life, that is a friend for life, that's somebody that's just an ally that you've connected with? There's a, there's a few. I, I would say the McCordy twins and all that because of the Rutgers connection. Right? I played with Devin and them, and I've known them since I was, what? I've known them since I was 17, 18 years old recruiting to Rutgers. Right, so they're like a big brother figure. But I would say in this in this league, a friend that I didn't know before I got in, a teammate, would be Kevin Byard. I think in Tennessee, me and him really like would sit there and talk. Like, man, I I want I want fans to pack these stadiums. I want us to be great. Like, we have Derek, a young Derek, and we have so and so. We have this guy. Like, we can be really good. And we worked really hard and saw the success of the Titans. Kind of skyrocket out of nowhere you would right. almost say the tennessee titans as a franchise they're a number one seed in afc afc championship kevin byard's having hall of fame type numbers year in year out getting overlooked and we would just talk and work behind the scenes and that's a guy that from this day we probably talk every other day to you know weekly where we have multiple kids we have wives we're traveling we're busy but we always stay in touch i played on two separate teams since tennessee and he's still there and we still talk so i think that's a friend that i made in this league because of our similar competitive 
um, attitudes and how we go about our work as professionals. We appreciate each other's work. Obviously, we were teammates, and we just continue to push each other. Uh, Logan Ryan, you could do this, you know. You should be into this space. <laughs> this space is good. You never get hit. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Exactly. No two days. We don't even do one a days. Hey, I appreciate, you know, just chatting it up with you and learning from the greats like you, and uh, we'll, we'll see you one day. Great seeing you again. Nice seeing you too. All right. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Because you didn't ask him any Jets questions. We'll open with the Jets. Uh, <laughs> let's go with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook's still on the market. Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe starts lobbying for Cook as uh, some te- some reporters have linked uh, New York to Dalvin Cook. Jets tight end Tyler Conklin is ready to welcome his former teammate with open arms. There's plenty of room. we got room for whoever wants to come help us win the Super Bowl. But me and Delvin are like basically locker mates. So my first couple of years and you know, he was an awesome guy. I reached out to him because I was just curious like are the rumors true? You know, are, is this actually possible? And uh, I mean that would be a special backfield with you know Brace and Delvin and the rookie and, and whatnot. So Mike Carter. I don't know. That would be 
There's a lot there's a lot of running backs, but I think uh, it'll be special, especially in this outside zone scheme. They don't need Dalvin Cook. They have uh, Brees Hall. Well, let's Bryce, see how he comes back from Brian, the injury. Brees Hall, yeah. Brees well, Hall, uh, Carter. I like him, uh, by the way. Rookie. Carter's not a bad backup. No, he's not. Third-round guy out of Carolina, right? He's a good player, isn't he? He's solid. Solid Good, back. solid um, backup. I just, if you're all in with Aaron Rodgers, why not just add Dalvin Cook if you got the cap room? Just go sign him. What's the problem? If I was the Jets, my concern would be that O-line over everything. I like your corners. I like your D-front. I like... So save the cap room for a a swing tackle, a swing guard. I mean, you got... got, uh, What's that guy? Dalton Reiser for uh, uh, the interior offensive linemen out there. Uh, I could. I, I think the name's right. It's a really good guard. Been in the league. He's just sitting around. We've got no, some veterans. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker's a really good guard. What happens up the other one? You have a very young center. You have an issue with guard. center, yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers, veteran quarterback. You know what they don't like? Pressure at their feet. So you have a rookie center. Elijah Vera Tucker's excellent. You have another injury. I'd keep that. I'd keep that powder fresh for interior line. Well, the, the big question is left tackle. Dwayne Brown's, I think, thirty-seven. It seems like they're going to push Makai Becton to right tackle, which also would help financially if he wants, uh, you know, he's getting up there in his contract, his rookie deal's ending. Dwayne Brown's um, still solid, isn't he? Who? Dwayne Brown's still solid. Again, he's like 37 years old. You, yeah. Can he give you a full season? Can he Probably give me not. 14 starts during the bye week? Give him another week if you're on a roll. Give him a two-week break in the middle of the season. It seems to me he's pretty good. He's like Whitworth. He's just it, built different. He's totally just big. optimistic Tuesday in Calgary. Like, well, I yeah, I, Dwayne Brown get 14 I, starts. I'll take him. Sign me up for that right now. Well, I, I last time I saw Dwayne Brown play, I mean he's he's a very capable older left tackle. Whitworth played to 40. Now Whitworth's going to go into the Hall of Fame, but it's like Dwayne Brown's really good. He's just older. Uh, okay. Like Chris Paul to the Warriors, oh, very geez. good. Gee, give me a break. All right, uh, over to the NBA. Interesting. So the Lakers. Uh, in free agency, obviously want to keep Austin Reeves. A lot of people are going to make offers to him. He is a, I know you're a little down on Austin he's Reeves. He can play any position. He's a, he's a combo guard. He's Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, what? stop it. What is Malcolm he? Malcolm Brogdon was not the third best player on the Celtics in the playoffs. Well, Austin Reeves was the third best on the Lakers. Yeah, but the Celtics are better than the Lakers. So the third best player in the Lakers is probably the fourth best player on the Celtics. If Aust- you if you asked your buddy Bill Simmons, would you rather have Austin Reeves or Malcolm Brogdon? I, oh, we could bet on it right now. I guarantee you he'd say Austin Reese. He's and younger. I don't know. I don't read Simmons' stuff. Yeah, I like, it's, it's, he's younger. So I, I think I like Austin Reeves, he's but you've, super- you've elevated him to some super class. I mean, he's. Okay, he's- anyways, Mark Stein, uh, a reporter formerly of ESPN, said the Lakers are a lock to match any offer on Reeves to the maximum allowable offer sheet, which would be four years, $102 well, million. Here's where I'll defend the Lakers. Sort of like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott started for years as a fourth-round pick. So the Yankee, so the Cowboys never paid him. Right. And they won all these games. The Lakers haven't paid Austin Reeves anything. So they basically have gotten great production and paid him a nickel. Well, let's so, remember, so, Austin Reeves, the undrafted guy, yeah. is very valuable as your third-best player. Now you're paying him $25 million. It's a different story. Like, you... Yes. You don't have a choice of being the... You have to be the third best player. You can't have screw-ups and, like, I, think, I like Reeves. I think LeBron likes playing with him. I think he's kind of a tough, lot of college experience. I think he. I think they like him. He's got that dog in him. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say he is or isn't worth blank, 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 but he's been free for several years for the okay. Lakers, so... 
at some point you you gotta pay the okay. bills, and it's like okay. it's, it's due. I know you love this game. Who's the Warriors' third best player? You said Wiggins is two, right? Well, See? no, I think Steph's their best player. Obviously, Draymond's their second most important player. Wiggins is their second most talented player. Chris Paul's four. So where's Clay? Would you Five rather have Austin Reeves or Clay Thompson right now, given age and salary and everything? Well, Clay Thompson led the NBA in three point makes. Uh, that's not an answer, Colin. <laughs> well, I'd rather have in a big series Clay Thompson. He led the NBA in threes. Now he had he was really disappointing in the postseason. But I, I, that's to put it mildly. Yeah, he was bad. Well, listen, it happens. I mean, I, some hosts have bad shows. I'm not one of them, but I've heard that <laughs> the possibility. I, Lakers <laughs> absolutely cannot lose Austin Reeves. Let's just put that out there. If well, they no, lose no, him, no, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Absolutely can't and, lose it. Yeah, yeah that's okay a different one. Now, listen, this third story, this is right in your wheelhouse. This is all you. We're going to talk baseball. The Mets continue to underperform. <laughs> Cowherd, I know you love digging in on New York teams. When the Jets are tanking, you will uh, laugh that's at them. That's not true. So the, <laughs> the Mets have the highest payroll in MLB history. History. $345 million, but are in fourth place in the NL East. They don't, eight games under 500. They, they are fading fast. In fact, the Mets haven't won a series this month. Last night's starter, Justin Verlander on the Mets' woes. I don't think anybody saw this coming, man. I, uh, you know, uh, disappointing. It's disappointing for everybody in this room, I know. It's disappointing for the fans. Uh, just gotta <laughs> just keep trying, you know? I, 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 if there's one thing that I know the guys in this room are doing is, is trying our ass off. You know, there's, um, you know, every day we come to the park, I, uh, myself, it's trying to get better and figure out what's off. And I know that I know that most of the guys in this room are the same way. And um, you know, hopefully it clicks for everybody. But uh, you know, we got to we got to get going. The the Mets tried to buy wins. I said this yesterday. What they bought was relevance. They're very relevant and pressure. So Scherzer. Verlander are older players. You you didn't buy them for April, May, June, July. You bought them for September, October. You got to get there. The first. problem is this team's hitting in the two thirties. They can't hit, and you know, very little power. So they don't have a lot of room for mistakes. If the pitching's not good, and I don't sit around and watch Met games, but I've been fascinated. I think they're the, right now the most fascinating team in baseball because they're the only really talented team that stinks, and they don't do anything terribly well but they can't hit and so when you can't hit your margin for error is tiny and Verlander and Scherzer weren't weren't they you didn't purchase them for April and May and June you, you got them for the end of the season they're old guys does this feel a little like the Lakers struggling with Westbrook and a lot of people were bagging on the Lakers oh they're gonna miss the playoffs or a disaster they should have done this they the Mets won't be this bad all season they won't be they, I don't want to put you on the spot do you think this team makes the postseason well, the Braves are going to win the division because the Braves are a well-oiled machine. So can they be a wild-card team? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the crazy thing is over in the American League where the Rays, the Guardians, the Twins. Well, Rays were supposed to be good. Rays, Guardians, Twins, Orioles. That's like weird. Well, I, National League, the Reds are a shock. Young. See, when you're like the Reds and you're bad for years, you get, little, you get a lot of picks. You know, you get really high-end players, and if they get to the major leagues in a few years, you can surprise people. 
That happened is to the it, Royals. Is it weird when you say the Guardians, I instantly think of the movie yeah, no, franchise, I the, the Guardians one. of the Galaxy? Yeah, I, I'm the same one. And I'm like, I don't, how Cleveland many have there Guardians. been? Have I seen that with my kids? Like, I, <laughs> I don't, and you say the Reds, and I'm like, oh yeah, they have that rookie. But then I start thinking like, wait, why aren't we talking about John Collins going to the Utah Jazz? And I don't know. I, I, I'm Baseball's not my domain of expertise at this point. So I need to brush up, but congrats to you. No, I think the, I think that what the Mets are right now is fascinating because they bought relevance. They thought they bought wins, and they're melting. And the New York media makes it a thousand times tougher because New York loves baseball. Is that that's fun for you? It's. I think it's. I think it's a good story. I think meltdowns in all sports are fascinating. <laughs> uh, J Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The herd line. The Mets news. are hitting what two thirty something. Two thirty-nine. There you go. That, that's not good. The good news is baseball games are faster than ever. So if you're watching the Mets lose, at least it doesn't burn three and a half hours out of your day. Game's over in two thirty-eight. There you go. Back in a second. The herd. Be sure to catch live editions of the herd weekdays at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So apparently the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, will hear a uh, press conference tomorrow. Yeah. He'll have a big press conference. He, so he's he having to address it. Now, if you were struggling in Milwaukee, do you think the owner would have <laughs> to have a press conference or in Cincinnati or in Pittsburgh? No. This is the reality of hard knocks with Aaron Rodgers, of the Mets melting. Owners generally, before the All-Star break, don't need to literally hold press conferences. Everybody wants Steve Cohen to get rid of people and trade people, and Steve Cohen's like, that's not how I do business. I don't, I'm not going to work in chaos. This team was built, if you go look at the pitching acquisition, they were built for later, Buck later, Verlander, Scherzer. They're struggling now, but it's not like they don't have talent. But don't you think, and you, you've been in this field a lot, Colin, when something comes out about you and people are writing about you or talking about you on the internet, the best move is to just ignore it. Forget it. Who cares? Somebody will move on in a couple hours that's, or a day to the next thing. Well, Can that happen with New York that, baseball? That's different. Instance? So it's, it's, it's not because the, the Mets have beat writers and beat reporters. So whereas on the internet, if I get uh, dragged... Yeah, people move on to the next crazy, wacko celebrity saying something stupid. You know, there's just a zillion people out there seeking that. But the Mets have nine beat reporters. Another four national have now descended on the team because they're melting. Because the Mets are now fascinating. So those people aren't going away. There is not another team they're going to cover. And they have to face the media every night. Huge readership in the Post, in the Daily News, in the Times. So it's different. Like if I, I think about this all the time. If I owned a team, what kind of owner would I be? And I would be, um, I'd be very private. I wouldn't talk. Believe it or not, I wouldn't talk much to the press. I wouldn't hold press conferences. Very smart. I would. I would be very Stan Kroenke. I would buy the team. I would monitor stuff. I would go to my coach. I'd go to Les Snead. I'd go to McVeigh and say, hey, they're saying this. Explain this to me. But I think Kroenke's perfect. He got, for years, got criticized. Stan basically is there for the big decisions. He trusts his people. He monitors situations. I mean, I met Stan a couple of times. I remember last time I met him. He watches. He gets clips of our show. He gets clips of other shows, clips of the LA Times. He is fully aware of what is happening with the ability to say no or yes but by and large, hires good people and lets them run the company. I think that's what Steve Cohen does. But because the New York baseball media is hyper-aggressive, yeah. talk radio is influential, there's this sense that he's got to do something. I don't think he does. I think this team will figure it out. Buckshaw Walter's a smart veteran manager. But it is a fascinating story because baseball has great players and great history. What it doesn't do a good job of is compelling regular season stories the reds are red hot that's a good story the a's are selling Ooh, that's an interesting story the mets are melting so it becomes the story like in the nba there's always like seven parallel stories that are fascinating nfl every week there's eight new stories baseball doesn't deliver a lot of that so when you become the a's the whole world descends on the a's when you became like steinbrenner Billy Martin Yankees. The world yeah. descended on the Yankees because the season's so long. So the Mets now are fascinating in their despair. So I brought this up because, as we talked about earlier with the Jets, they opened with the Bills and the Cowboys. I said those are wins. Those could easily be losses. 
Those are going to be close games. And you know what's going to happen. Primetime games, media descends. Aaron Rodgers going to lead this show all week. And then it becomes, what does Woody Johnson do? Do they fire Salah midseason? You know, like, this stuff can snowball in New York. And like you said, it doesn't really happen in Cincinnati. And, and, and I think Steve Cohen's a brilliant guy, but I've seen owners overreact to WFAN radio. See you tomorrow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.